Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, March 15th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is Game Informers, Leanna Rupert. Hello. Leanna, how's it going? I am excited to be here. This is like the best way to start a work week ever is to be on the Kind of Funny show. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's super awesome to have you because I, I believe we've worked together once on Steve Saylor's channel for a, a cyberpunk uh, breakdown, which is really fun. My first time being introduced to you was actually at a PAX panel because I attended one of your PAX panels because you did a PAX panel with the homie Alex Van Aken, who was on yeah! OK Beast at the time. And I remember yeah. being in the audience and being like, yo, these guys are, are are awesome. Like, this is a really fun time. I don't know if you remember that. That was a PAX West panel. Yeah, it's so funny, too, because I loved Alex. Like, Alex is one of my favorite people at Game Informer. I mean, they're all my favorite. Don't of anybody course. watching. I'm not no, saying she's favorite. You can say it. Alex <laughs> is awesome. My children. But he, I didn't realize. I, I knew on some level he was on that panel with me. But I all in my head, I classified him as that cool indies dude. So I didn't recognize his name. And I'm so mm. bad with faces. So I worked with him for three months before I realized we were on a panel together. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so he okay. probably thought I was the biggest jerk. Like, does she not re remember me? <laughs> okay. So catches up. Who is Leanna Rupert? What do you do for Game Informer? Uh, oh, God. Uh, anybody on the internet will say I'm the resident Mass Effect Dragon Age obsessor. Uh, but right now I am the associate editor at Game Informer. I am working on the online side and the magazine side too. <laughs> a lot of aspect coverage as you would expect. We did the, that was our cover last month. And then this month we're doing Deathloop, which is really fun. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, it's been really cool. I've, I've worked a lot of different places in my career and, and Game Informer is easily one of my favorites. It's a very cool crew over there. <laughs> mm -hmm. How long have you been there for? I think this month makes, I'm going into six months now, seven months. So I'm still the baby there. Mm -hmm. now, <laughs> but they put up with me. Bless them. What is what is it like working with Alex Van Aken? That's my question first and foremost. Because, again, like I said, Alex Van Aken, me and him are the OKB's homies, right? Like, we go we go way back. I ended up going to Kind of Funny. He ended up going to Game Informer. And so it, was, it, it ended up being a very beautiful story as both of us got to enter the games industry, but both starting off from OKBeast. Uh, Alex Van Aken, Alex Van Aken, I know as the guy who is an amazing video editor, is an amazing uh, podcast editor, had all the editing skills that took us to the next level. What is, what is your experience with Alex Van Aken? Do you have any embarrassing stories that, can, that you can share so far? I mean... I don't think I have any embarrassing stories. I think he's just a cinnamon roll you want to protect with your life. Like, he is really positive, man. Like, I didn't, you, you always kind of see the really positive people, and you're always kind of like, hmm, are you, like, secretly a serial killer because you're a little bit too nice? But, like, Alex is genuinely just that nice. <laughs> like, even if he was mm -hmm. a serial killer, I'd be like, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Kill me again, yeah. sir. Because he's just so polite about it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's a cool dude. He's uh, we need more people like him and and you in the industry. It sounds like we need to have you on the Game Informer show, too. Oh, my God. We'll swap do. you and Alex out. It's nobody will notice. It's fine. No, no, nobody will notice because we podcast this the exact same way because we did it so long together. Uh, Leanna, before we get into the actual show itself, to let people get to know you a little bit more, what are your top three games of all time? Oh, my God. Uh Mass Effect is definitely one of mine. I have 31 playthroughs now of the trilogy. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's an obsession. It's a problem. Um, and then I love Dragon Age. I, I love fantasy. And I feel like, and I don't want to sound like a Bioware fangirl, but I just feel like 
Dragon Age does fantasy in a way that a lot of other franchises kind of fall short at. And uh, you, nothing could ever... Halo's close, but nothing could ever replace Contra 3 Alien Wars for me. That is still top three favorite games of all time, and I don't see that going away anytime soon. That's awesome. You don't hear, you don't hear the Contra 3 pick that often. <laughs> I love it, dude. You get to, like, surf flying motorcycles. Like, what's not to love? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Liana, enough about Contra. Let's talk about Outriders coming to Game Pass, Nintendo forecasting their biggest year ever, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Games, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you the kind of funny wild aces are in the fcf championship come call the plays as we take on the glacier boys this saturday on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games at 6 30 p.m pacific time kevin did you keep up with the match that went down on saturday i did not you did not. I, no, I, I saw that we won. When yeah, I tuned I in, I, I only tuned too. in for like a couple of minutes, and it looked like we are fucking destroying the Zappers. <laughs> really? Like they didn't stand oh a fucking God. chance. Hey, you know what? Let's just I, take dude, that I as tuned in. narrative. Like, we kicked the I shit out of I tuned in, and I think we we're like, I think we we're like thirty points up when I tuned in. It was ridiculous. I had never seen anything like it. R.I.P. the Zappers. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine being them in that moment. You know, I don't know who I don't know who the owners of the Zappers are. I assume it's somebody who's not Quavo. Uh, but man. Man, they must be shaking their head in shame. And so tune in this Saturday. Watch us do the same thing to the Glacier Boys. <laughs> Thank you to our Patreon producers, uh, Mick at the Nanobiologist Abrahamson, Blackjack, and Trent Berry. Today we're brought to you by Purple, Brooklinen, and Burrow, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Uh, Baker's Dozen. People in the chat are saying Johnny Football is the owner. Johnny Manziel? Is that yeah, the yeah, owner yeah, of the yeah, Zappers? Yeah, that sounds right, right? Remember, he was like, yeah, well, win or lose, we're getting drunk because I might be an alcoholic. And everyone was like, oh, that's cool. But we're really like, oh, concerned for him. You should, see, you should seek help. That's Oh, he's, no, a, he's, he's a quarterback? The Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, Johnny Manziel is the, quarter, is the quarterback of the Zappers? Huh. You learn a new thing every day. The more you know, yeah. Yeah. Starting with story number one, let's talk about Outriders coming to Game Pass. Uh, on uh, This morning on news.xbox.com, they announced that Outriders is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one. The story goes like this. We all got a taste of Outriders with the recent demo, so I'm thrilled to announce that Outriders will be available on console and Android phones and tablets via X Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta with Xbox Game Pass on day one. Starting April 1st, not an April's, not an April's Fool's joke, I assure you, Xbox Game Pass for console and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members can jump into this true genre hybrid from Square Enix, which combines brutal combat with deep RPG systems. Liana, what is, what is your hype for Outriders, and what is, your help, what is your hype for Outriders coming to Game Pass Day 1? Okay, so disclaimer to everybody watching is I, I will always be at more elevated hype levels for any kind of a shooter i love shooters it's my it's one of my favorite genres and i love bulletstorm i love people can fly 
I'm really excited for Outriders. I played at the demo and then I did a couple of press events for it. And just being able to obliterate enemies with the pyromancy, like, is bar none. It, it's the destruction. It just feels really satisfying. But I really love it when shooters kind of take it to the next level with really sexy, like, weapon designs. And the legendary gun, like, just artwork for these types of weapons is just... That's going to make me like search every single corner of this game because I'm going to want to unlock every single possible weapon just because it's pretty. I don't even care if the stats are bad. Just it looks pretty. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like my favorite way of like, describing it to people is probably not the most appropriate. And I probably shouldn't have said this to the creative director, but I feel like it's if Mass Effect got really, really drunk on like a bar on the outside of town and Fallout like rolled out like, oh, I'm going to get blitzed out drunk too. And then Borderlands, Borderlands was like, hey guys, what's up? And they all like got really sloppy drunk in the bathroom stall somewhere. Outriders is the baby love child of that. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but that's just how it feels in my oh, head. Yeah. <laughs> so like for me, it, it kind of scratches as a huge Mass Effect fan. And I just love looter shooters. I love, I love the thrill of like, if it's got really good combat mechanics, I'm down. But if you give me a reason to explore the different combat variances, which is what they do with the different skills and the classes, I don't know. I, but I, I kind of have a, I, my only worry about it is, is that it's going to be one of those games that is totally different solo. Like there's just some titles out there that when you play with friends, it's like, yes, this is the best game ever. And then you play solo and you're like, this doesn't even feel like the same studio. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. kind of worried. I mean, I, I, I definitely feel that, especially because playing playing outriders so far i've only played co-op i've only played with other people and a lot of the shining moments i've had with the game so far uh come with combining different abilities with different folks i'm playing with right because right now I've, I've been rolling a lot with the 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 trickster class which has a dope ability where you can basically make this time bubble where i'll freeze time in the bubble i'm in and that'll make that'll slow enemies that'll slow bullets and then combining that with say the pyromancer ability or the technomancer or whoever else right coming in using their special abilities that creates for very awesome very cool moments and very cool collaborative gameplay that i think i think that's what kind of takes outriders to the next level but Playing playing by myself in Outriders doesn't seem like something I'm gonna want to do because it very much seems like it's focused on those combined those combined aspects of playing. Yeah, I, I kind of I I enjoyed playing it, but I feel like that's just because I'm used to playing like Destiny by myself. Um, a lot of my mm. clanmates are very young and they make me feel old and outdated, so I don't choose to play with them a whole lot. That's probably not as much as I should. But yeah, it, it feels really different. I could see, I, I think that's why I kind of like the fact, I mean, we all kind of knew it was coming to Game Pass with the tweet earlier this weekend. Like Xbox wasn't really subtle about it, <laughs> but I think that it's a good way. And that's kind of the whole benefit of Game Pass anyway, is it's, you know, we have all this talk about accessibility in games. And this is kind of broadening that out with, um, you know, is it something like epileptics can be like, okay, I'm a little concerned with the flashing. They can try it out without investing money. And it's also financially more accessible. You know, this is a way, you know, games are $60 a pop. They are becoming more expensive for certain titles at $70 a pop. This is a cool way of people being like, okay, I'm going to try this for no additional cost. And if I don't like it, all you really wasted was a, a couple hours versus mm -hmm. 60, 70 bucks every time. You're just like, wow, that game really wasn't for me because there are return policies, but they're not the easiest and they're not meant to be the easiest to kind of dissuade you from using them. 
so yeah, I think the Game Pass is a really cool deal for this because this is going to be one of those games that you either really feel it or you just don't get the appeal at all. Yeah, and honestly, that is the exact reason why I think this is such a dope thing, that this game in particular is coming to Game Pass. Because coming off the demo, I'm excited for Outriders, but I'm not like, this is going to be the end-all, be-all for me in terms of a, a, a looter-shooter game, right? Like, I'm looking forward to playing it. Ever since I, I did the preview last year with Andy, right, like I, I, saw, I saw the fun that was there in Outriders. But the sentiment for me coming out of the demo was that, all right, this is going to be a cool game, but for $70, is it going to be the one that I really want to spend how 30 to 60 hours with? Right. Like, do I what is the what is the longevity of Outriders? Am I into the story? Am I going to be into the story? Am I going to be into all these different bits? Or is it going to be one of those games that I play for five to ten hours, have fun with the combat, have fun playing co-op and then bounce off, bounce off of Uh, and coming coming off of the demo, looking around, looking on Twitter, looking at people talking about it, it seemed like a lot of people had that that similar sentiment coming out of it that like, all right, this seems cool, but how much are we really going to get out of it? The game coming to Game Pass, I think, does so much in terms of people being able to to jump in and making that decision at a low cost. That is what's going to take this take this game to the next level. Because I think the thing that I would compare Outriders to is something a little bit more along the lines of what's the name of the game that came out of PlayStation launch that we that came came out and we all forgot Looter Slasher Gearbox. Oh, War, uh, not Warframe. Not uh, Gearbox. God, Godfall. Uh... Godfall. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, like it reminds me, it, it has really it has a little bit of Godfall that. energy, right? Where it comes out, and for me, yeah. Outriders, the the world of Outriders doesn't really strike me as something unique, inventive, and exciting to explore, right? And I could see I could see so many people coming in in the same way that people came into Godfall, trying it out and being like, "All right, this is cool," but for seventy dollars, it's just way too much of an investment um and so yeah game pass just seems to be be the correct decision for this game or to just get in the hands and see how people feel about it uh and and let that community build that 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 seems to be a, a very very smart decision for this game yeah i think i think too like a lot, it's gonna give people a chance to feel out the different features too because like i really like how they're handling world scaling because there's so many games out there that do either they don't have world scaling or they do, but it it's very dependent on, okay, we can't play with, if we're playing with this group of people, we cannot play by ourselves unless we start a new character. And with this, you really don't have that. You can go in and out of the games and it's a little bit more seamless. If like for me, I, I'm a tank. I like to go in and just go ham, do damage. People I play with are a little bit more strategic in theirs and they kind of get annoyed with me because I either die a lot or I'm just like killing everything. And uh, being able, but I also like the harder difficulties a little bit, but I also understand that not everybody wants to play that way. So being able to scale, tailor what the world feels like to each individual player, I think that's really mm. valuable. And I think games like this, that's what's going to kind of set it apart. Because like we're see- like you said, we're seeing these like hyped up games and then they're just dropping off in oblivion. We saw it with Anthem. Anthem, I still maintain to this day, and I wrote a piece about it on Game Informer, if anybody's interested, of why, you know, an ode to Anthem. Anthem had the potential to be absolutely genius. And I, the hill I'm going to die on is that it has some of the best combat and flight mechanics in gaming history, but they didn't update it. You can't do anything if you don't update it. And if you pivot a game to be the end game is where it's at and you have no end game. So it's going to be interesting to see how Outriders kind of handles that, that balance of we want to have recurring updates, but we don't want to do too much too soon and burn everybody Mm. out on the game. So that's going to be kind of, 
something we're not we can speculate but we're not really going to know how they're going to handle it until the game launches but i'm hoping it does well because for me and this is the worst opinion to have as a game critic but like a game for me to enjoy it it doesn't need to be game of the year it doesn't need to be completely mm-hmm. revolutionary it just needs to be fun like sometimes it's okay to just enjoy a game because you enjoy it and it's fun and what i saw the demo was really enjoyable i just hope that there is more to it than what we saw in the demo and it looks like there is like the bosses were you know tailored to certain abilities and uh, the different side quests felt very tailored. And I'm just hoping that it didn't lose that momentum because I feel like we barely scratched that surface with the demo. And that's the kind of the downside of the demos because you you judge it based off of that. But if you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg, are you really getting a good judgment? But at the same time, <laughs> again, that price tag, you want to be able to make sure like, is this something I want to invest in? Unless you have Xbox Game Pass, then you don't mm-hmm. have to make that decision. Thanks, Spencer. You talk, you talk about some of the updates that we're, we're going to get post-launch. I got a question here from DJ Brad Chill, who talks about just that. Uh, DJ Brad Chill writes into patreon.com slash games, just like you can, and says, What's good, guys? My question this morning is about Outriders. It's been a topic of discussion on a lot of KF shows recently, and after playing the demo, my buds and I were, were impressed and stoked to play through it later this month. Hearing you guys talk about the game, there are a lot of comparisons to Destiny as a game's as a service with a ton of content, and it seems like this is where you guys don't see Outriders living up to the same standard. Me and my group went in blind and came out definitely feeling like or feeling feeling the gear slash anthem slash destiny vibes from the gameplay, but I feel I feel like a better comparison would be Borderlands or something of that vein. Outriders describes itself as a co-op RPG shooter with no plans for PvP and a 30-hour campaign that you can play solo or with friends. So why is it getting compared to games like Destiny and other live service games? I feel like Outriders will be more akin to playing a co-op co-op shooter campaign that happens to have side quests with a few endgame challenges for hardcore players. But I don't expect there to be raids or crazy endgame content to keep the game going for years to come. I may be wrong, but I just don't feel like the Destiny comparison is apples to apples. And maybe people and maybe people would have a different experience if the game didn't already have the expectation to be an MMO shooter. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Oh, and the ace is wild, baby. <laughs> uh, again, that's from DJ Brad Chill. Leanna, in, in terms of the games as a service versus not games as a service aspects of it, what are your expectation levels for, for Outriders? Are you okay with it being more akin to something like Borderlands that is not focusing on seasons and events and a lot of post-launch content, but is more of this contained 30-hour thing? Yeah, I think uh, actually Borderlands is, I think, what I've compared it to the most when I talk about it to people. So I definitely agree with his assessment there. I feel like a big, there are obvious similarities to Destiny. Uh, The combat feels very similar in some areas. It feels like a more dated version of Destiny. But I think that too, kind of the comparison there of why it's so, you'll see it more than any other game comparison is kind of why everybody also likens. Hey, Kevin, is she muted for you? Yeah. You got oh, muted okay. somehow. I thought it was just me. Bless you got to say something earlier. <laughs> oh, no. What's going on? Uh, so, Liana, you're you're muted. How about now? There you are. That worked? Yeah. It, yeah. It, was like a, it was like a weird Discord glitch, and I thought I was on my side, which is why I was like, I was trying to fix it on my side because I was like, what did I, what did I fuck up here? It seems like that, audio... that was Bungie. They were like, is she going to talk shit? Good, <laughs> we got to mute her. <laughs> Bungie was like, cut the cord. Cut it. Cut uh, the cord. You might have to repeat your last point that you're making there. 
Yeah, no, I think that, um, like I was saying, I just think that um, Destiny is kind of the parameter that a lot of people are comparing it to because it's finally being talked about a lot more in everyday news because mm -hmm. it's done such a turnaround after post-Activision. Like, Forsaken was for Destiny 2, like, Taken King was for Destiny 1. It completely changed the feel of the game. Once they split from Activision, they changed a lot about how their rewards work. They, they got rid of the paywall crap. Um, and the story right now is really good. I, I wrote an article about that too because I wasn't expecting to love the crow as much as it did. And the complexity of the lore is really starting to come out. But it was so slow getting to that point. And from what I got from this is that Outriders knows that's kind of they they knew they were gonna get uh, compared to Destiny. I mean, they knew. But that that you're getting the lore right off the bat. You're having these really meaningful conversations with these characters, these NPCs. They're setting the stage of how you feel about certain characters versus how you don't really seem to care about others. I I would love I would love to see like raids and things like that. Would it poo poo the poo poo? What is that? <laughs> would it like make the game not fun for me anymore if they didn't? No. I mean, I I love doing that kind of stuff, but I don't think it's contention on that. Borderlands. It stands on its own. It does It does do events and things like that, but it doesn't rely on the seasonal updates, the engrams and, you know, mm -hmm. all that kind of grind-driven gameplay because the story in itself is is got enough substance and the gameplay is satisfying. And the gameplay of Outriders is very satisfying. But we've only, again, we've only gotten such a small glimpse of that story, so it's really hard to definitively say but I will say from playing Destiny 2 at launch and playing the first Destiny at launch and playing the demo and the opening sequence, it already feels very different to me. You're already getting a lot more story than you ever did at the beginning of Destiny 2 when it first launched. Um, so that's a good sign. <laughs> They're not going to have to go the, hopefully, the, the post-year hell of, oh my god, guys, don't hate us. Like, please give us a chance. And I hope they do it. I Because, I, uh, like I said, Bulletstorm had some really stupid humor and really fun combat. And it, you know, it was delayed. There were some combat issues and pacing issues that Bulletstorm had, and I have a feeling Outriders is kind of going to repeat those same mistakes. But I think that there's enough when playing with friends, because they did talk about doing like some, you know, seasonal content. There's going to be events. There's going to be some more competitive experiences thrown in there as well. Mm -hmm. We just don't know what it is yet, unfortunately. But if it stays on Xbox Game Pass for a long time, that'll also give people. Because they do, Xbox Game Pass does the free DLC updates too sometimes. So it's like, that'll be a kind of a good way and a, and a motivation to keep it fresh. Because they know newcomers are going to be coming in all of the time to see the the current state of the game. Versus Destiny only until recently were they able to to kind of jump in and, and see what it was like without having to invest a full price of a game for. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're going to see a lot of those comparisons in terms of this game being compared to games like Destiny or Anthem or other other life service games, because that is starting to become more and more of the standard. But with that, I think there are different there are different levels to it is the thing. Right. And I don't think I don't think Outriders needs to be needs to have a 10 year plan, uh, especially because I think they've set it up to be a hey. This is where you're going to get. This is what it's going to be. And anything beyond this is going to be bonus, right? Anything beyond this is going to be fun events or whatever it's going to be. But don't expect don't expect to get core content on the level of a Taken King or on the level of a Forsaken. You know, I expect to, like, you know, the, uh, the question here men mentions we're not going to see like raids or, or anything of that ilk, right? Like, I think you can still see maybe a, a raid drop, but not on the same level of like a Destiny season that is 
that is ramping up towards a raid. Uh, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima Legends had raids that came out uh, like a, a week or so post launch, and that was a really awesome thing. Um, and again, like it's up to it, it's up to Square Enix, and the, and uh, people can fly to make that decision of, hey, is this right for this game? Does this seem seem like something that should have a raid? But I again, like when it comes to games like this. Each game is kind of is going to stand on its own in terms of what does post launch look like for us, what do updates look like for us, and yeah, like it doesn't have it doesn't have to be Destiny, it doesn't even have to be a division to be able to be valid and stand in its own thing and, and be awesome. Um, the one thing I hope though is that the story does stand and, and and be something that's good because again, from the demo, I was not engaged in the story. I was not I was not really that into it, and I think that was that was kind of my main hope coming out of it was that. Maybe mm-hmm. post-launch content can build on 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 what the story is going to be, and knowing that this game is probably not planned to have post con- con- post-launch content uh, that is building on story on that level has me a bit like, all right, you know, I guess maybe I'll play maybe I'll play it, and 15 hours in, I totally change and I totally change my mind, but that's going to be a we'll wait and see kind of thing. That's going to be an Xbox Game Pass thing. Would you you didn't like mm-hmm. seeing people just get obliterated in front of you? That that's the way like to go, by camera. the way. <laughs> Oh, that's fair. It was really wobbly. It was very wobbly the whole time. I, I kind of liked, I, I'm not going to, you know, n- not to make this conversation morbid or anything, but if I go out, I want to go out with incineration. That seems quick and painful. I mean, honestly, I, I, that, was, that, was, that was a fun scene to watch. That was a fun, like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this now. I just don't, I, I, my, my thing was, you know, I was immediately like, all right, whatever, when it came to voice acting, when it came to performance, and when it came to, like, characters being introduced and hair looking a certain way and me just being taken out of it just from a pure performance standpoint that was the first and foremost thing and then when i actually listened to what's being said and following along with the actual story itself i was kind of like all right this seems like standard sci-fi fantasy which can be fun everything doesn't need to be fucking pristine for me to uh, enjoy a game but i just hope there's evolution there and and, and character moments and, and shit that pulls me in beyond beyond what we've seen so far yeah, that's uh, definitely the trap of this genre. Is if you're gonna oh, say yeah. it's live service or live service like, you have to have a plan to back that up because if not, you're gonna get crucified. Let's keep on this Xbox train. With story number two. Speaking of Xbox, five Bethesda titles are getting the FPS boost treatment on Xbox Series X and S today. This is from news.xbox.com. Hot on the heels of officially welcoming Bethesda's world-renowned studios to the Xbox family, we're excited to announce that five of the biggest titles from their vast catalog of games, Dishonored Definitive Edition, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Special Edition, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, and Prey will all be updated today to enable FPS boost on Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. And it's not just owners of these titles that get to take advantage of FPS boost. All these titles are available with FPS boost for Xbox Game Pass members too. As a reminder, FPS Boost employs a variety of new methods for nearly doubling the original frame rate of on-select titles. Higher, steadier frame rates make games visually smoother, resulting in more immersive gameplay. We partnered closely with developers to enhance the experience while maintaining the game's original intent. And this is awesome. I'm all about FPS Boost. Uh, I actually, I'm actually going to download Prey right after this uh, because I'm, I'm, I want to give that, that, that game a shot. And, F- and I want to see what FPS Boost looks like. Um, I actually started playing uh, Fallout New Vegas over the weekend with the hopes yes! that New Vegas would be included in this in this FPS boost thing. Uh, and it's the tiniest bummer that it isn't, but I get it. It's an old it's an old ass game <laughs> at this point. Um, but this is awesome. Like, are, are, do you ha- are you, do you have any excitement uh, about FPS boost, Liana? Hell yeah! I, I okay. So I, I'm like PC mastery is like 
it's bad. Like I, I, my, I've, I've never been a PC only gamer until recent years. And that's just cause I've really got into like modding and there's so many mods where you can improve mechanics and things like that. So I've gotten really spoiled. So when they first announced that they were doing FPS boost, I was stoked because there was even some like the most standard is 30 to 60 jump, but then there's like the 30 to like 120 jump, which is insane or 60 to 120. I think that's really cool. I think I feel like for me, I love replaying games. If I love a game and it has some re- any replayability in there, I will go back in and, and just try to see if I can experience it in a different way. And I feel like this is going to give people that ex- that experience of, okay, this is I have a new reason to jump into this. And then also for like people that are, you know, might be a little bit more particular with mechanics, like unpopular opinion. I love the Witcher games their mechanics there's like a 0.2 second delay in combat that drove me up the wall Mm -hmm. and so like those little minute things like for me in my head kind of build up so being able to see even those minor improvements of of just performance i think that's good and and microsoft has been really they've done a 180 in their marketing um i did a, a deep dive uh, in this, because it's it's really honestly just fascinating to me. You know, for the console generations, we've always seen it be dependent on physical hardware sale. And Xbox said, no, we're going to completely, you know, looking at the performance of Xbox One and how it kind of evolved from the beginning to leading into the new generation and, and seeing all the change that Phil Spencer has affected, which has been incredible. But I think they they could have made the decision to stick in the tried and true measurement of success, and they would have failed. And instead, they were like, we're going to be smart. We're, we already have this unique ecosystem. Because at the time, Sony was still saying no backwards compatibility. We don't want any of this. We don't want PC games. And now we're seeing them change their tune because Xbox did this complete 180 pivot with their entire ecosystem, mm-hmm. and it's working. And it, it And they're kind of, you know, with the Xbox One, they really burned a lot of their reputation because they really moved away from being a gaming console. They they were ahead of their time. Now everything's streaming service. But at the time of Xbox One's launch, we weren't there yet. So marketing the device as a streaming service and a, you know, watch your Netflix and watch that. Nobody cared at that time. Everybody, most people still had cable. Um, and when you don't also have the games in addition to back that up. But the Xbox Game Pass that gives people, you know, new, you know, new reasons to play, new adventures to play for a low cost. The Xbox Games of Gold gives you free games as well. And I just think being able to to utilize that and with this Bethesda acquisition and seeing like the Bethesda titles come in, it's only going to make that ecosystem stronger. It's going to make the community stronger and it's going to make Microsoft more enticing to companies that are maybe a little worried about being acquired because there's always a risk with being acquired. Sometimes it works out great and sometimes it results in layoffs. And we've seen both through the years. And mm-hmm. I feel like by building this up and making it incredibly valuable, I think that's going to assuage a lot of worries. And we're going to see, I, Bethesda's not going to be the last acquisition that's going to shock people. I can tell you that right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves and how those first party studio creations happen and what that means for how do we measure success in the world of gaming? Like, is it's not just about hardware sales anymore. It's not just about a shiny new controller or a shiny game, exclusive game because exclu- the, the term exclusivity is changing. It's evolving. And now that Sony's on board with that, sky's the limit. Yeah, I'm absolutely in love with what Xbox has been doing with 
Game Pass, FPS, FPS boost, uh, backwards compatibility, and all of it in conjunction with each other. Like, I think this is such a, su- such a cool thing, right? That I, 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 I think you, I think you touched on on this very well, right? Like, like they're going back and really valuing Bethesda's legacy and valuing valuing what they have to bring to the table as a studio, right? Not only not only for the things they have coming up in the future, like Indiana Jones and Starfield, but for what they've brought to the table already. And for the fact that they can uh, acquire them and be like, "Cool, immediately we're gonna we're gonna put you guys on a pedestal. We're gonna we're gonna bring back the games that you've given us and uh, uh, sh- shine a light on the the games that people are in love with from the past." Right? We're gonna bring back New Vegas. We're gonna bring back Prey. We're gonna bring back all this stuff. We're gonna we're gonna enhance them with F- FPS boost. I think to your point, that is such a, a a a a great thing to have if you're on if you're on the Bethesda side of things and you're like. As that studio, you're like, man, we're about to be acquired. Let's see how this goes, and that's the step that Microsoft leads off with. That is a very, that is a very strong way to open up uh, this partnership. And so, excited to see more of what uh, of what that has to bring. Bring FPS boost to New Vegas because I really need it right now. Because that game, it, it's 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 running pretty well on Series X. Like I'm getting no frame drops, and the low times are fantastic with SSD. But it is. Nice. It, it is one of those things, though, where I'm like, man, an FPS boost would serve this game so well. It did not age well. No. <laughs> it did not. It did not. It was. It, no, it did not age well at all. I know. I'm still having fun playing it, though. I'm going to talk about oh. it probably on this week's uh, Kind of Funny Games cast. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Hell Switching yeah. gears, though. Let's talk about Nintendo. Story number three. Could this next year possibly be Nintendo's best year in software sales? I asked this question because this morning, Joe Scrabbles at IGN wrote an article titled, Nintendo is reportedly expecting another record year for software. It goes like this. Nintendo is reportedly expecting to ship 250 million units of software in its next fiscal year, comfortably beating its existing all-time records, thanks to a lineup of mostly unconfirmed blockbuster titles. Per anonymous sources of Bloomberg, Nintendo has briefed some partners and suppliers on its expectations for April 2021 to March 2022 and set expectations of shipping 250 million games. That huge number is seemingly driven by what Bloomberg calls, quote, a series of marquee game releases, end quote, and what analyst Circuntoto calls a, quote, much stronger blockbuster software, software lineup and new hardware, end quote. Nintendo is already forecasting a record year for sales in its current financial year ending March 2021, expecting to see 205 million shipped units. Its previous best year came in financial year 2008, when the huge popularity of the Wii saw 204.6 million units shipped. Financial year 2020 was unexpectedly huge for Nintendo, with the upswing in gaming due to the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, and the enormous success of Animal Crossing New Horizons propelling the company to its current success. So, Liana, the next year of Nintendo, uh, reportedly, they're expecting it to be much bigger than the year we just got. Do you believe it? I don't. How do you combat a pandemic? Like, that was like the perfect unintentional timing. I have never, okay, chat, please don't hate me. I love you guys. You're all very beautiful people. Chat's I love you right now, just FYI. Okay. All I've, seen I... is, all I've seen chat say is we love her takes, oh, that which is the highest happy. compliment they can give you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm about to ruin all of that. <laughs> I have never, I, I never understood the, uh, and, and, and I say never understood as not to knock anybody because my philosophy has always been, I don't care if it's solitaire, if it brings you joy, play as much as you want. So this is not a knock on the series at all, but I never had any like personal desire to jump into the Animal Crossing franchise 
And the only time I did, the only reason I did with New Horizons is because of the timing. I just got back from PAX East. That was a whole thing. And then and that, that was when the world started finally taking this pandemic seriously. And we started doing the lockdowns and things like that. And And I went from traveling almost every other week for my job to being you know, locked in for a year. And I don't know anybody where I live. I don't have any family where I am at. So it was like really kind of isolating. And so I was like, I need some peace. Give me some relaxation. Give me a nice cup of bourbon, a glass of bourbon and a nice animal switch. Let's do it. And I liked it. I was really good. So I don't know how they're going to top that because that was like, yes, Animal Crossing has a huge following, but it was also just a merriment of just perfect timing, completely unintentional. But if they think they're going to do it, I mean, if anybody can, it's going to be Nintendo. Nintendo has a loyal mm-hmm. base, despite how many, and you wouldn't think by how the angry reacts to any, literally any Nintendo Direct showcase, but like they have a very loyal following. If anybody can pull off those projections, it's them. But I'm wondering if that, if that's kind of boding well, because we've heard rumblings for the last year and a half, about 18 months, I would say of Xbox doing some more things with Nintendo. And now it looks like Sony's kind of sniffing around that. So it's like, I wonder how much of that is going to be ports, like unexpected ports. Because remember how shocked people were when we found out that Skyrim was coming to Switch? And then we all thought it was going to suck. And then it actually played really beautifully. Like, what are they doing? And if they do that pro, that like the bigger Magnum (laughs) Switch. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to also propel those sales too, because people are going to want to load up their shiny new consoles and, or they're going to be buying it and then giving their older consoles to siblings or kids or, you know, whatever. I mean, I think that's exactly what this is. I think that's what this is pointing to is that we're going to, we're going to get the switch pro and we've had reports from last year saying that alongside the switch pro, there's going to be a lineup of games to go with it. And so you imagine in the same way that the switch launched with that year having uh, having breath of the wild mario mm. odyssey splatoon 2 arms for some reason like i think <laughs> I, I i think with that uh with the switch pro we're gonna have a similar lineup of of bangers to go along with it you know i expect to see Le- uh breath of the wild 2 i don't my th- my question is what else right because like you know we could we could see maybe a mario odyssey 2 but that's not something i'd expect to see in this next fiscal year, I think we get into this next fiscal year. That'll be very impressive. Um, yeah. But you know, there's the question of when do we get Bayonetta three? When do we get Splatoon three? When do we? Well, we know we know we're gonna get Mario Golf. You know, we 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 have a few games that we know, and we have a few games we have question question marks about. Uh, if all of those hit over the next year, then yeah, like I could see it. I think that, I think the impressive thing is that when it comes to uh, comparing this year to last year, last year Animal Crossing sold around 31 million units. And that is a lot of units sold for one game, right? Like Animal Crossing sold way more than you than you imagine Nintendo expected to. Uh, and so, with that being ca- being the case, right? Like, oh, and also Pokemon. What am I talking about? I forget. I forgot about Pokemon. Pokemon's coming later this year too, which is going to be a huge crime, sir. Yeah, <laughs> between between two Pokemon's coming out in fiscal year twenty twenty one. Yeah. That's going to be a huge factor, but then yeah, it is what else is going to come out alongside the Switch Pro, which I think is going is going to uh, amount to this year. I, I I could see I could see where this forecast is coming from with that. There's I also Monster Hunter Rise. More... Oh yeah, Monster! I've been hearing really good things about that too. About Rise, I, that sounds like it's going to scratch a lot of that itch for fans. I don't know. I want to just see. I want to see thought dead franchises make a comeback 
you remember? I don't know. Maybe it's off. I'm not. I don't play the Switch as much as I would like to. But do you remember that SNES Mario game where it came with the pad and you could draw and you could? Oh, Mario it? Paint. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that with the. If we get the Magnum, that's what it's called now. Sorry, guys. The Magnum I, Switch. Honestly, Magnum that's a great Switch. name for it. I'm all about it. <laughs> if we get that, I want to. I want to draw on Mario Paint because I don't know. That was really addictive. Being able to like make the sound, like you could make songs and do the fly swatter. I don't know. That was really fun and i, mean, I want you, you, you see some of that dna in in mario a bit I, i'm with you i'd love for them to bring on another mario paint i feel like that'd be a fun <sighs> thing with the touch screen that would be amazing i want to see like a good revival of f-zero too i feel like mm. the games that have come out past it have lost the magic that the snes F f-zero had like that had some of the most beautiful level designs if we had something newer like that and also the indies like they have been making I don't know, man. Uh, Nintendo, what it's doing for the indie scene is incredible. Like, I think my game of the year last year was um, was a coffee talk. Oh, for, wow. Uh, regarding the Switch, because mm -hmm. it was, you know, talk about pandemic games. That was one where you kind of get lost. Like, I'm like, I miss I miss going to a convention and meeting people and saying, hi, I'm lonely. Come help me. And like, you could go in and then you could flirt with like a giant orc lady. Like, hello. Yes, Dude, please. Honestly, that, that was me in Persona 5 last year where Persona <laughs> 5 Royal came out. And immediately when I started when I started playing it, I was super into it for the idea of it was early pandemic and getting to actually just getting to go to class and hang out with friends and talk to people, even though these are fucking, you know, anime uh, uh high schoolers i'm talking to even though that was the case right it was it, it 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 felt like i got to hang out with people it felt like i got to go out and live the social life which is like a, which was a nice escape from being in my room 24 7. that was so amazing so i definitely know that feeling liana before i tra transition to the next news story i want to tell you about our sponsor of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by purple as the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for, for as much comfort as we can get. The one thing you can always count on is how comfortable your purple mattress is. That's because purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that amaz that, that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips. I don't, I don't know how it does it. It's just fantastic. Because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Uh, air actually circulates and flows through it, so you'll never overheat. The grid bounces back as you move and shift, unlike memory foam, which remembers everything. That's why memory foam has craters and divots. Kind of funny loves purple mattress. Joey Noel sleeps like a baby on the one she has. She says it's nice and soft. Right now, you can try you can try your purple mattress risk free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available too. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get ten percent off any order of two hundred dollars or more. Go to purple.com/games10 and use promo code games10. That's purple.com/games10. Promo code games10 for ten percent off any order of two hundred dollars or more. Purple.com/games10. The numbers one zero. Promo code games10. Terms apply. Boom. Goes great with your Magnum switch. Goes great with your Magnum Switch. You know what else goes great with your Magnum Switch? 
Brooke Lennon. Brooke Lennon, uh, uh, or life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets, but maybe you looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one setup and gave up. Trust me, go check out Brooke Lennon. Brooke Lennon was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooke Lennon as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooke Lennon has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooke Lennon has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident that you will love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklyn is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. Kind of funny loves Brooklyn. Uh, Tim loves the sheets, and Greg loves the towels. He says that they cover his shame. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code KFGD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code KFGD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code KFGD at checkout. Lastly, we're brought to you by Burrow. Finding new furniture is always a hassle, whether it's finding what's right, getting it delivered, or the setup itself. That's why I'm excited to tell you that the show is supported by Burrow, the furniture company that's designing smarter, simpler things for modern day life at home. They built the company from the ground up to fix all the ways shopping for furniture is frustrating. Every decision they make from the first sketch of a new couch to the fast free delivery promise is made with your experience in mind. Easy online shopping, no more visits to far-flung warehouse stores, no high-pressure salespeople, plus Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need. Furniture designed for the way you live. The credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next-gen consoles standing vertically. That is so tall. The award-winning <laughs> Nomad sofa has a built-in USB charger. There's a simple assembly. Burrow customers literally write reviews applauding the instructions for being so easy to follow. Modular design means they're easy to set up, but also easy to take with you to your next home. Fast, free shipping on every order saves you an average of $100 on large items like a couch. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com slash games. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W, dot com slash games for $75 off your burrow purchase. Burrow.com slash games. Dude. What am, what am I hearing flawless. right now? I don't know, but it's amazing. There's some music going on in the background All right, right now. Sorry, my bad. Hold on, I'll fix it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> do your thing, I, Kevin. I thought it was like intentional. I was like, what a way to end off like sponsorship. Like, <laughs> I do like the idea music. of having ad music. The kids like can't this hear very it, so intense ad music. They're confused. Oh, they know. can't hear it. Chat, right now what we're hearing is some Nothing. really intense music going on in the background. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to hit you with some quick hits of news. All right, I got three stories Ooh. I'm going to hit you with. Uh, let's start with story number four. Fall Guys is getting Among Us costumes with unique features. This is from Jill Scrabbles at IGN. Uh, and Kevin, I have a, a video that you can play in the background as I read through, through it. It's the trailer for the new Fall Guys season. Fall Guys has announced an Among Us crossover, and developer Mediatonic teased to IGN that some new Among Us costumes will have something unique about them, adding that the mention of an imposter in a new trailer could be, uh, could be considered a warning to players. Included at the end of a new trailer was the reveal of a red Among Us-themed spacesuit costume, complete with a fried egg hat, and the warning that one imposter remained, text that, were, that will be very familiar to Among Us players. Developer Mediatonic tells IGN that the red costume will be available on day one of season four and will be part of the season's fame path rather than bought with crowns. 
However, the developer also teased to us that this wasn't the only Among Us costume and that they'll come with secrets and quirks for players to discover when they arrive. I'm all about it. This is very cool. I love Among Us. I like Fall Guys, and so them collaborating, I'm all about it. Uh, do you play much Fall Guys, Leanna? Oh, you got like the Among Us helmet. I uh, made a full cosplay. We did the charity stream a couple of months ago, and I was like, I'm going to play. I'm going to be the sus jelly bean. I'm about to murder everybody, and it's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, no, I, I like it. Uh, we did a really cool charity stream with Alana uh, Pierce not too long ago with the Volleyes, and that was chaotic. There was like 50 people all talking at once, but it was awesome. We raised a lot of money. I like Fall Guys because, okay, and that's kind of what I talked about earlier, and anybody that's in chat, if you're like not playing Fall Guys because you don't like multiplayer games, consider it because it doesn't play like other Fall like multiplayer games. It captures the magic of Mario Galaxy. It's just fun. It's not mm -hmm. trying. I mean, you have something called what is it? The big dingus or what, what was it called? The big, the big hammer thing. What was that? Oh, called? the big hammers that like swing around and, and knock yeah, you over. Yeah, it's like uh, what's it called? It was like I don't know what they're big, called. Are they like really called big dinguses? It's a weird name like that. Like <laughs> big yetus. Like, Yes, yeah, it was big That's Edis. Awesome. And like, I don't know, like for me, <laughs> big I, dingus. I, I don't, you know, it's coming next. You're welcome, Media Tonic. But like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I've just been doing this so long, but I'm just kind of exhausted that everything has to have discourse, like just chill and play a game and relax. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine. And like, for me, Fall Guys encapsulates that magic of like, it doesn't have to be game of the year. It's just fun. It just is unapologetically fun. It doesn't try to be serious. It doesn't try to be super competitive. They do silly little crossover costumes that are like, to me, like a cool homage to other gaming franchises. And like, let's be real here. Like Fall Guys was dominating until Among Us got that surge in popularity. The concurrent player count dropped, not to unhealthy levels. And then Among Us got like this huge surge where we were seeing even like politicians play it. Oh, yeah. But they're both like jelly beans. They're giant freakish jelly beans that like to murder each other. So like this crossover is a genius. It's more publicity for Among Us, which is a very small team. But it's also a way like Fall Guys could have been like, oh, competition. You know what I mean? They could have been like, let's ignore it. Let's let's. Yeah, let's try they could, to like they could have been salty and being like, "You guys took our took our uh, our hype away or whatever." But yeah. this is a this is a great collaboration because I think they they do they fall fall guys and Among Us are kind of a part of the same story, right? They they both came out as quarantine games that helped us socialize in a time where that we really needed it, right? And they're both very fun. Well, I guess like you know, Among Us was out for a while beforehand, but Two both years, them, yeah, both of them arose at a time where I think we needed them most. Uh, and so for them to, to collaborate in this way is very awesome. I am I am curious on what the quote unquote unique features are to the costumes because I I like it. If I can make one prediction, it'd probably be that maybe we get one new uh, Fallout or not Fallout Fall Guys mini game that is Among Us themed, where if somebody has an imposter costume, you gotta find them or whatever, like a hide and seek mini game or something like that, right? Or like a murder mini game where one it's like one versus all right where if this person wins they win the whole thing i don't know i'm not a game designer but i do think you there there, there are some cool ideas that you can work around with that among us concept of a of a, a costume in a mini game and so i'm looking forward a to really that really sad thought like all these like rumors about a new silent hill and stuff what if the big reveal is there's just a silent hill costume i mean i'd take it honestly i would take I'd anything take at this point <laughs> 
But like, how sad would that be of like, guys, this is the announcement you've been waiting for. And everybody's like on the edge of their seats. Like, yes, Silent Hill's back. Let's go. And then it's just like a little just pyramid, pyramid head, head. And, fall, and fall, guys. But like a little. Like a guys, little cute pyramid head, though. A little what? Because they waddle. Oh, my God. Okay, well, now this needs to happen. They need a little waddling. I need a waddling pyramid head in my life. This is. You got to okay. love it. <laughs> Konami, let's... this has to happen. Liana, let's talk about Balan Wonderworld. How excited are you for Balan Wonderworld? I actually, okay, I, this is one of those games that I will admit I don't know a whole lot about because it's one of the games I'm most interested in and I want to go in blind. Like I've actually told all of my coworkers I don't want to cover anything Mm -hmm. with this game. Is that bad? Is that, does that make me a bad journalist? (laughs) No, I mean, I I think it's awesome. I'm just curious on how you're going to feel about it when you actually do get your hands on it because uh, getting into story number five, right? Balan Wonderworld producer Noriyoshi Fujimoto uh, addresses demo feedback. This is from the Square Enix blog. Uh, there's been a wide, and this is written. This is written uh, by Noriyoshi Fujimoto. There's been a wide range of opinions and responses to the demo, and unfortunately, at the current stage of development, it simply isn't feasible to reflect every piece of feedback into the game. However, to offer you all a more balanced gameplay experience, we'll be implementing a day one patch for the full game. Specifically, this patch will adjust movement controls camera movement and rebalancing of the difficulty there's just over a week left until launch now so i hope you all enjoy the the world of the the world of wonder world to your heart's content uh and i so me and uh me tim and emron i think all played the Balan wonder world demo we did a whole kind of funny games games cast about it and i don't want to ruin it for you i don't want to i don't want to ruin anything about the game for you but there's a lot of feedback <laughs> to be had about that game. Like there's a lot for them to get into in terms of things that they can take in as feedback to fix. The fact that they said that and the fact that they bring up camera angles has me very worried. Cause like usually developers won't address camera angle issues like that blatantly unless they're like really bad. So was it like terrible? Uh, I mean, honestly, singling out camera angles I, is an interesting one because there's a list of things I would go go to before camera angles as a as a thing to address oh, no. in Wonder World. I I don't I, I don't want to take away your hype. I don't want to take your way way your hype for it because I I I I like Sonic the Hedgehog as many people know, right? I yes. love I love the Sonic games. I yes, love 3D should. platformers, you know, as many people know. Uh, and so Battle Wonder World at the announcement, I was like, oh, let's fucking go. You know, a, a, a 3D platformer from people behind Sonic the Hedgehog, let's fucking go. Um, but Playing the demo was a fascinating experience because the demo was <laughs> unlike anything I've ever experienced in a video game. And I do not mean that in, the po- in a positive yeah, way. Yeah, I can, t- can tell. Like, you're trying to be very diplomatic about this. Like, what's the easiest way I could say it was a huge steaming It was a gar- It was garbage. It might have been one of the worst demos I ever played in a video oh, game. Oh, God. That's terrible. Well, I guess it's good that I'm in my 30s then. I'm used to dreams being crushed. So I'm not that sad about that. <laughs> It's, uh, but it will be. Uh, it will be an interesting thing for you to play, though. As, as somebody who's looking forward to it, I think at the end, somebody who's in, who's somebody who's a on the journalist side of the video games industry, I think there will be. I think there will be things you can take away from that game from a journalistic standpoint of a uh, how did this get made this way? Like what yeah. is this game? Though, like I, I also don't want to yuck your yums, right? Like I, 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 I hope the game comes out and they fix a lot of the problems that that were there in the demo. But well, shit, we shall see. On that <laughs> We shall see. Wise words of Varric Tethris. Well, shit. Well, you know what, though? I kind of do want, though, because in this day and age, everybody is so reactive and the internet, like the line between developers and studios and fans is thinner than it's ever been with social media. How do you make a game 
that messed up and think you're not going to get called out it's, on it. It's a really good how, how do you make a game that messed up period is my question about it. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get that answer. I'm sure Jason Schreier will be on it. Um, let's round out today's news stories. Today's Roper Report with story number six. PlayStation is officially shutting down PS4 communities. This is from Roland Bishop at comicbook.com. My old boss, hi! Sony has confirmed that the PlayStation 4 communities feature will be officially discontinued and shut down in April. Quote, Thank you for using the PS the PlayStation Communities feature on your PS4 console. Beginning in April 2021, this feature will no longer be supported or available on your PS4 console. The official notice of the discontinuation reads, quote, however, you'll still be able to stay connected and enjoy messaging features and more on your PS4 and the PlayStation app, end quote. As the official notice states, there are plenty of social features still available to PS4 players. Parties, messages, and the like are still supported on both console and via the, play the official PlayStation app. The console ecosystem on the console might be shrinking, but it is not disappearing. And this is one of those ones where I got the email for this last night directly, directly from PlayStation announcing that they're discontinuing communities. And that was one that I read and I was like, I get it. I, I used communities maybe twice when it first launched because it seemed like a really cool idea and then never again. And I imagine that that's the way that most people used it. Like I'm part of the kind of funny community that was created back in like 2015 or 2016, whenever they started this thing. And I used to get notifications for it all the time. And I, and I don't, they might've turned off notifications for it. I have no idea, but I, I stopped getting anything about it. It seemed like people stopped yeah. posting about it regularly because it, it it didn't it didn't really serve as much of a purpose as i think people thought it would it just yeah. it, it the the communities kind of just sat there as a message board that pretty much only had one purpose and it was to write messages in there and that was about it like you could squat up with people and look for game uh, look for games and all that stuff but for the communities i was in they weren't really getting that much um that much use i feel like that's kind of the problem Sony runs into a lot. Like we were talking earlier about how Xbox pivoted dramatically away from the standard hardware sales to measure success. I feel like Sony kind of has to right now because that is their their strength. Like right now, like they have the most exclusives. But I feel like when they try to expand, because there's so many areas to expand their ecosystem, they they kind of Skyrim it a little bit. And again, this is another thing that I'm like testing the goodwill of chat. But I loved Skyrim for the fact that it was it was enjoyable. It was big. It was expansive. There was a ton of lore. But I felt like it was like Morrowind and Oblivion Light in the way that it really held your hand. And it was like, look, we have all these cool ideas. Dragons, vampires. And then they kind of rested on the fact that the idea was cool and they didn't really do a whole lot with it. And I feel like Sony kind of does that too. I'm like, look at these cool features. Like their PlayStation Now was up until recently in the last like year or so, it's been kind of lackluster. Mm -hmm. They, you know, Vita, they, they, they just, they have all of these great ideas and they don't real, they're not really the best at executing them unless it concerns a, like a first party story or a first party game. And I feel like, this is kind of one of those fine examples of cool idea, horrible execution. You have to, yeah. if you want to garner, and you know this with your kind of funny community, if you want to garner a community and you want to flourish, you have to nurture it. You you can't just be like, well, there you go, guys. Peace. And like, that's the kind of issue. But at the same time, I got to say, um, bold of Sony to be removing anything from PlayStation 4 when most people still can't get a PlayStation 5. And it's like, you shouldn't really be taking anything, in my opinion, shouldn't be taking really anything 
from the PlayStation, whether it's used or not, because give anybody that's still that wants to move into the new generation that physically can't give them a reason to not be super heartbroken about it. Cause everybody mm-hmm. posts their PlayStation five pictures and people kind of have that FOMO and they want to experience all of these amazing new features. So like, I don't know, that just seems like really bold timing on their part. I don't know if that's just me being a little sensitive. Um, no, but... I definitely feel, I, I definitely feel what you're, uh, what you're saying with that. that. That, I mean, that brings me back to them switching up how the party system uh, systems work a bit leading into yeah. the PlayStation five. And it's like, one, you know, if you're going to make changes, make sure there are changes that people universally are going to love. But then also, if you're going to make changes to uh, update to, to the PS5 era, again, like, you know, if, if they're going to apply to everybody, then maybe make sure that everybody's going to be able to get their hands on PlayStation 5 or wait a little bit, you know, do your, maybe make that transition a little bit more gradual, you know, as, as PS5s get out there a little bit more. I, I, I also feel like, a, I also feel a similar way about the PlayStation Store on the browser, where they updated that thing for everybody. And over my last few months of using the PlayStation Store on the browser, I kind of prefer the previous PlayStation Store, you know, and I'm, I hope they, they continue to make updates to it and improve it and all that stuff. But um, yeah, making that making that making that switch one and done, you know, is is, is a is a bit of a bold thing to do here. Here would be here's my request, right, for the getting getting rid of the communities, because I don't I don't mind it. I get I get that people didn't really use it as much as we probably were expecting. My thing with PlayStation is that they shouldn't be afraid of collaboration. I don't understand why there hasn't been uh, a Discord app on PlayStation or Xbox for that matter, right? Or Switch. Like, I don't understand why first-party console manufacturers are afraid to partner with uh, these apps and these companies and, and these applications to actually make that stuff for them. Because Discord pretty much has that figured out, right? If I if if I could somehow open up a Discord channel on my PlayStation, you know, and and, and hang out in voice channels or, or use that as a voice chat voice chat app through my playstation as opposed to having to go through my phone or go through my pc i feel like that'd be very awesome i feel like that'd be a really yeah. great solution and i don't understand why they don't they don't just approach uh discord and partner with them and, and, and make it work that way because that solves yeah. that thing that you're trying to do it's, yeah it's i don't know why they're not money, doing right? that either it's like, gotta be it's gotta I mean, be. probably yeah because <clears throat> you could be like they want as big of a you can boost yeah. a server on discord and that requires money and I'm sure that PlayStation doesn't want you to do that over PlayStation or the, you know, their network oh, yeah. without charging 1, them. They probably don't want to give them to them, which makes, I think, a lot of sense. I think it, I, I think it makes sense, but I think it's a thing you should do anyway. Like, I, I think if, if it's going to make your ecosystem better for people, then just because I, I don't I don't think you lose money as PlayStation. Right. Like they weren't making money off communities. They were and they don't make money necessarily off of people using parties or whatever, whatever that stuff is. Right. Keep the, and keep the party system because people use that anyway. But, yeah. you know, getting if 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 you're PlayStation, right, you could get the Discord app on the PlayStation uh, consoles. And if people are in, in if 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 people are going to pay for uh, Discord, whatever the premium thing is for Discord, mm-hmm. have that be a split if they're going through PlayStation to do it. Right, talk to Discord and be like, "Cool, if people are are subbing to you, then we want, let's say, twenty percent of subs that are going through PlayStation directly." I'm sure on the Discord side of things, they'd probably be like, "Fuck that," but I don't know. At least have that conversation. Maybe they are. I don't know, but I I, mean, I, I feel like either way, as PlayStation, you should pursue that. Hard. Some people in chat yeah. were saying that that's what uh, Xbox has going on with Discord. Oh, people are saying Xbox does sleep with Discord. Yeah, it does, does utilize me. it somehow. <laughs> And it's like, I, I that makes sense, but also that makes sense why PlayStation is not fucking with them now. I would love, mark this date, 
This is the date. I would love to sync back up with you guys a year from now and see where PlayStation is at. Because I have a feeling that PlayStation... Because we're already seeing it. Like, we're already seeing with them. Like, they swore up and down they would never do backwards compatibility because there's just no quote-unquote value to that. And look how they changed their tune. They also Hmm. swore exclusives would never come to PC because we don't see the value in that. And look what they're doing. And they've already confirmed that more PC exclusives are on the way following Horizon Zero Dawn. I feel like Sony is finally starting to shed that outdated skin a little bit. Because they're, you know, they've always kind of been, you know, a couple generations now been the king of consoles. But that also relied on the separation between consoles and PC. And Xbox has been doing so much to bridge that gap, too. So the different platforms don't have the wide divide they used to be anymore. So you can't really rely on that king status. Because it that crown can be taken off at a drop of a hat. And we've seen, again, not to keep talking about the reactivity of the gaming community. Because, hell yeah, we know how to react some good reactions and gifs included but like they 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 wouldn't take much especially with the power moves that xbox is making it wouldn't take much to completely flip sony on its head in terms of public perception give in six months we could be seeing a completely different viewed playstation perception with the gaming community we've already seen people calling them out for being anti-consumer like there is already kind of this exodus happening which is why they're making so many changes to their own ecosystem and trying to update a little bit without being overt about it because they don't want to just be like just kidding we're gonna do the xbox thing because that would have its own backlash but i would be interested because i feel like this is all smaller pieces to a much bigger puzzle Mm -hmm. and i think that the sony and the playstation we're going to experience next year is going to be in a very different place and in a place that gamers are going to benefit. And that's going to really be a positive thing for the gaming community. I really, I really believe that. And I would be interested to seeing if I'm like just totally dead wrong on it. So two, two things on that one, I'm totally down to have Leanna back a year from now, March 15th, 2022 mark it down. Greg Miller, put it in your calendar the week before to book Leanna back on games daily, March 15th. <laughs> so we can answer that question. Number two, you brought up during the show a couple times, right? I'm going to chat's going to turn on me for this thing. Chat's going to turn on me for that thing. And for every time you say that, usually chat loves the thing that you say after, but chat has turned on you for saying GIF. I knew it the second it came out of my, cause I always say GIF. And I, I was in my head. I was like, why yeah, did they GIF? I was, was like, you know what? Choice. Play it off. Yeah, no, there are multiple people here saying she's dead to me. Yeah. We can't rock with her anymore. I deserve You this. hate to see it. I deserve this chat. I'm so sorry. Leanna, I, I came out of my mouth. I was like, no, why did you do that? <laughs> Leanna, I'm very, I'm very excited to see if your prediction comes through a year or now. But a year is <laughs> just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I go? Oh, oh, I can't do it as well as you, but let's see. The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. You killed it. Out yeah. today, we got Cartoon Magic World for PC, the help desk for PC, and then one shot for PC. Uh, and then we got new dates for you. Ezeron Defense is leaving early access on Steam April 15th. Fall Guys Season 4 is launching on March 22nd. Team Fight Tactics' newest set title, Reckoning, uh, 
that's that launches April 28th. Uh, we are the caretakers. It's coming to Steam early access for PC on Earth Day, uh, Thursday, April 22nd. Why do they why do they point out Earth Day? Uh, Ashwalkers is coming to Steam on April 15th, and then Curve Space will be launching on June 18th for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X slash S, Switch, and PC. Of course, folks can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can write into the show. You can write in your questions. You can also write in your squad up just like the legend of theo the legend of theo writes in with a squad up on playstation 4 slash 5 and says hey y'all i caved greg miller got me addicted to the crack that is platinum trophies i started in mid 2020 with one platinum i started 2021 with 11 i'm currently working on my 17th platinum and the game i'm ripping through is dying light if anyone would like to help me out with those dang co-op trophies i would greatly appreciate it and we'll uber Uber you some McNugs. <laughs> add me on, add me up on PSN. Uh, thanks, KF oh. Crew, for all that you do. Love you guys, Theo. If you want to play uh, uh, with with Theo on PlayStation Four slash Five, you can add them on PlayStation with the username The Legend of Theo. Go play that Dying Light. Maybe get you some McNugs. <laughs> Always uh, <laughs> if you're watching live you can go to you can go to uh, kind of slash you're wrong we can write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube and on podcast services the nanobiologist writes in and says the zappers are owned by trevor may bob bob menery and ronnie singh they're probably shaking their heads in shame right now knowing <laughs> that they, they didn't stand a chance they didn't womp, stand womp. a chance. Uh, I believe on the previous episode of KFGD, we asked y'all to give Andrea Renee some love because she was going uh, through some hospital stuff. Uh, and Ayla Bodges writes in and, uh, to, let us know, to let us know that she's doing a bit better. And so again, send good. some sweet, nasty love over to Andrea Renee. Wish her uh, a good recovery because we love Andrea and we hope she gets better. Yes, always. And then... Uh oh, Miss New Date Xbox gets Undertale tomorrow on Game Pass. Everybody That's really should cool. play that. Everybody, Everybody should, play, should play that. Uh, Undertale, and then people are riding in with the whole gift thing. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm team. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Say I, it the oh, way you want. Uh, kind of funny is like definitely behind GIF. That's what we call it. You think you can call it something else? Fine. Don't say it in this community. <laughs> all right well kevin has spoken i personally don't give a fuck um i used to say jiff in high school and then i somewhere around the, um, somewhere along the line i like, switched to gif but i'll say i'll say jiff every now and then you know because why not why not i love a soft g wild card wild card i just want everyone this... to know that's a lie I've, I've talked to him in private he always says gif every time why are you calling me out like that, Kevin? <laughs> this week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. On Tuesday, it's Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, it's me and Andy. Thursday, uh, it's me and Paris. And that one's going down after the Square uh, st- Square stream that's happening. And so we're going to be doing that episode at 11 a.m. as opposed to 10 a.m. And then on Friday, it's Greg and me. That's right. We'll be back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Mike and Andy. Mike, Andy, and Nick playing what, Kevin? Zombies, Call of Duty zombies, maybe. It's Call possible. of Duty zombies. As, I hope as they're as playing the outbreak right? mode. Yeah, I hope they're playing the outbreak mode because I love the outbreak mode in uh, COD Blops Slops. Co- Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. <laughs> uh, of course, this <laughs> has been kind of funny. <laughs> COD Blops Slops. <laughs> 
Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every day live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, actually, before I sign off, uh, uh, Liana, where can people find your work if they want to find your work? You can find me at GameInformer.com. Uh, and you can also find me on YouTube. It's a brand new channel, so don't judge me because it doesn't have a lot of content. But uh, it's Leanna Rupert Official. And the official is not meant to be douchebaggy. It's just I don't have access to my old account, which is just under my name. <laughs> Everybody go show Leanna some love on her personal channels. And then until next time, Game Daily.